Hey everybody, welcome to the Art of Relationship Show. Today we're going to talk about a very, very crucial, crucial element in the U.S. culture. Let's face it, it's around the world, okay? And that is about domestic violence. I love joking around. I love being a smart ass. However, this subject, we can't joke about it because it's serious. A lot of people get hurt. A lot of people get killed and are just tormented and tortured in these situations. We're going to be talking about domestic violence awareness and let's put an end to it. Okay. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be talking about it right after this on the art of relationship show with domestic violence awareness. caught me dancing a little bit. Okay. Talking about domestic violence awareness. I know I'm smiling because you caught me dancing, but domestic violence is definitely nothing to joke about, nothing to even uh, be that sarcastic about. Okay. So right off the jump, I want to give the national domestic violence hotline to those people in need. Okay. It's 1-800-799-7233. Safe, S A F E. Okay. So, uh, for those people in need, we're going to talk about different types of domestic violence. One in three women endure a domestic violence and abuse situation, one in four men. And I want to make that very, very clear. A lot of people, you know, look at, you know, women are the survivors and, you know, the victims of domestic violence. We need to also understand that men are in situations as well where domestic violence, abuse, physical abuse occur. One in four men, one in three women. It's sad. We need to drop that down quite a bit. And I would love to end domestic violence, but let's face it, the human factor is at play. So we need to understand, you know, what is going on, different types of domestic violence. You can join in and join your, you know, throw your comments down below. And I am gearing up uh, for later on, you know, actually in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be going to taking live phone calls again and moving the show to an even evening time spot. Okay. So let's talk about domestic violence. I already talked about, you know, one in three women, one in four men, believe it or not. And a lot of men are, they're embarrassed. They're, you know, afraid of being ridiculed in those situations that there tends to be not as much compassion for men in domestic violence situation. And I can tell you, um, I have per personally witnessed, have been involved in people and men that have been uh, domestically abused one form or another. And I'll get into the types in a little bit. And think about this, okay? 96% of employed domestic violence victims experience problems at work because of abuse. 96% of those that are inflicted with domestic violence have endured it, are experiencing it. Now they miss work. Okay. Their focus on work, their productivity is bad. Um, so we need to look at that. And a lot of people, a lot of CEOs know the dangers. There's like uh, two thirds, I believe, of CEOs in America alone, uh, no, they believe, they they state, you know, that domestic violence is a huge issue 
in the workplace with absenteeism, uh, workplace violence, people, you know, going to the workplace and killing a significant other with domestic violence. Um, it's horrific. So we need to get rid of domestic violence situations. And for those that have endured it, you know, the, you know, the grueling, the embarrassment, the, you know, trauma it produces in your lives. Okay. And it affects, let's face it, it affects men, it affects women, it affects your family members that witness or know that you're enduring this. The kids, right? Uh, maybe the kids have never been, you know, hit, been, you know, verbally abused, whatever, by the abuser, but they're witness to it. And I can tell you, and I'll get into more stories later on, that, you know, kids witnessing domestic violence, that's abuse, okay? That's domestic violence. That is emotional abuse to the kids as well. So I'm going to throw that out there. <clears throat> now, we're going to talk about, you know, different types of domestic violence. We, we all know, right? Physical abuse, that's a big thing, right? We need to look at there's emotional and verbal abuse, sexual abuse, sexual coercion, financial abuse, and you know, there's now with technology, right? Digital abuse that you're being, you know, stalked. That it's stalking's another form of domestic violence out there that a lot of people don't look at. And I'm going to throw, you know, financial abuse. A lot of people out there. This does not mean, right? Oh, he, you know, he or she wouldn't let me buy the car I wanted, the purse I wanted. That doesn't mean it's financial abuse. Hell no. Okay. Financial abuse is usually when one person controls all the money, won't let the other person work. They want to be totally reliant on that person and control every move financially. Okay. <clears throat> so you have to look at, it's very, very clear. A lot of, because you don't get your way, people does not mean you are being domestically abused. You, there's no, uh, that type of situation. So you need to be very, very clear as far as what, because you're not getting your way, doesn't mean you're being manipulated. It doesn't mean you're being abused. We need to be very clear. And a lot of people out there that go out and claim domestic violence um, or being abused in a situation, they do not do the actual survivors and the victims of domestic violence. They don't do them, you know, a service. They do them a, you know, what do you want to call it? You know, they don't serve, you know, justice at all in those situations. So you need to be careful and realize the actual aspects of domestic violence and the horrific avenues that go around it. Physical abuse is obvious, right? When you get more emotional or verbal abuse, right? And, you know, when you can see physical abuse, you can see maybe cuts, you can see bruises, broken bones, right? You can see those things. It's a lot easier to say, holy shit, you know, oh my God, what's going on? The emotional and the verbal abuse, even the sexual abuse and sexual coercion, a lot of people don't see it. It's like, you know, mental illness. Someone has cancer. You can see them losing weight, changing colors. Someone has a broken bone. You can see the physical altercations about it. But when you're talking about, you know, domestic violence and abuse, the emotional and the verbal abuse, people don't see it right? They don't see it. If they don't witness it, it's like, oh, it never happened. You must be talking. But emotional verbal abuse, you know, is name calling, constant criticizing, you know, just degrading, ripping them apart, calling them names, humiliating them in front of people. And, you know, a lot of people, they don't see that, especially if it is 
housed directly in the house. That's it. That, you know, some people, you know, abusers can be very slick. Women, men, whatever, right? Uh, oh, it wasn't that bad. They'll, you know, sort of belittle and water down the effects it has on that person. Oh, I was only kidding. No big deal. Or, you know, well, it wasn't that bad. Are you a big baby? Oh, especially, you know, with women, emotionally and verbally abused men, you know, oh, man, up, you know, suck it up. What are you, a baby? What are, you know, I could get into more derogatory words and terms, as you can imagine, and they'll belittle and rip people apart and continue to do it. And even for, you know, feeling bad or feeling like they're being emotionally abused, they will degrade them even further. So you need to be able about that. And a lot of people, you know, in a committed relationship, in a marriage, oh yeah, sexual abuse or sexual coercion does not happen. Yes, it does. Okay. Rape does happen in marriages. It happens in committed relationships. Sexual coercion, you know, is more about, oh, if you really didn't love me, right? If you really love me, you would do this. Oh my God, you haven't. It's about making that person feeling manipulated, feeling guilty into having sex. And my question is for most people, right? Why we're not turned on by people that don't want to have sex with us, right? We're not going to beg and plead. It hurts. It might hurt. We might feel rejected, but we're not going to make them feel guilty and belittle and call them names and, you know, try to control them sexually. There's a big, big difference out there. Okay. We can be upset, you know, if we're not sexually compatible, that is different than trying to coerce somebody into having sex with you. And it's your wife, it's your husband, it's your girlfriend, your boyfriend, you get me significant other, and you're trying to coerce them in that situation. So you need to be very careful in how you handle it, right? Why would you want to try to manipulate someone or coerce someone into having sex with you for your own benefit, for your own, you know, you, you don't care how it affects the other person. That's where abuse comes into play in uh, the terms of, you know, sexual coercion, domestic abuse. So you need to be able to look at all those aspects and look at what is going on, okay? And there are, you know, you talk about digital abuse and how many people, right, maybe put GPSs on phones, on cars. If you both agree to it, it's not domestic violence. It's not abuse, right? Not at all. But are you doing it to keep tabs on somebody because you don't trust them? Let's face it, right? Or you want to control them. Stalking behaviors. Usually you hear stalking, right? with somebody that is that wants to be with somebody else. Maybe stalking occurs after a breakup, after a divorce situation. But stalking also can happen, of course, as people know, you know, where someone wants to be with you romantically, sexually, intimately, and you have, you know, it could be a acquaintance type situation and they're stalking your ever behavior. They end up showing up where you show up and they they freaking have no you know, they're usually not around your area. Let's face it, right? They live freaking 20 miles away. And also they always show up where you're at and you're like, what the hell? That's weird, right? So you need to be careful. You know, stalking happens and it does happen in relationships too. A lot of people don't understand that where, you know, someone, oh, I just, oh, I just happen to be in the neighborhood because you don't trust that person. And if you don't trust that person, I look at, is that person doing something the cause distrust or is it your own insecurities and 
there's something else that's going on, your own insecurity, control aspects. We need to look at specifically what is going on, okay? I never, ever want someone to be physically hurt, to be beat, to be emotionally, verbally abused in any situations. I have worked with this over, I've been doing this, what, 21 years now. I have worked with this too many times. I used to work with children in a lot of sexual abuse, um, physical abuse situations uh, years and years ago. I don't work with kids anymore, but I still work with it in adults with, uh, you know, individuals and also with relationships. I don't want someone getting hurt or getting killed. So you have to be very, very careful. Okay. And I'm going to give, you know, the national domestic violence hotline number again is 800-799-7233. 800-799-SAFE. S-A-F-E. And a lot of people, if you are in a domestic violence situation and you want to get the hell out of it, uh, it's a good time. I know if, if you're in Michigan, uh, to be honest with you, I don't know if they're licensed in any other states, but in Michigan, uh, Metro Detroit situations, get a hold of DFWNPLC. DFWNPLC. Get a hold of Dan Williams, Amy Fowler there. Um, you can get a hold of Dan at 313 421 8083. Amy is 313 421 6069. They can help you out in the situation. They are attorneys and they are actually great people. Everybody looks at lawyers, attorneys. Oh my God, they freak out, right? But they actually care. They have a lot of experience in domestic violence situation. They both work for Wayne County, which Detroit is in a situ, you know, is in the heart of Wayne County, let's face it. So they have a lot of experience with domestic violence situations. So give them a call. And, you know, they can help you out and they can provide safe aspects. A lot of people look at with domestic violence situations, <clears throat> I'm going to give you some words of advice. You need to be able to document situations, okay? Write a journal and you need to hide it because we know if the abuser finds it, it could cause more problems. It could cause you more harm, okay? But try to, you know, look at document times statements that have been said by the abusers, report injuries, right? Some people don't want to go to medical professionals uh, and they'll make up excuses, right? There's a lot of medical professionals, a lot of us in the, you know, helping field, mental health field are, you know, we're aware, we're trained in certain situations to recognize domestic violence and to recognize when someone's being abused in that situation, okay? Police reports, a lot of people, right? have been in situations where, oh, you don't call the police on loved ones, right? I've had clients in the past, and I'm going to give you a legit story that was being domestically, you know, domestic abused for 10 years, okay, in a marriage, had a couple kids, and she didn't call the kids. The mother-in-law, the abuser's uh, mother, own mother said, well, you don't call police on loved ones. You don't do that, whatever. And the coercion, the manipulation, even coming from another woman in a situation because the abuser was her son. Oh, you don't call the cops. And I told her, uh, you know, regrettably, I want to inform people. I want to teach people. Um, there was no police reports, no reports, no data, no information 
going on. And when she finally got the strength to get away, file for a divorce, she has no proof that domestic violence occurred, you know, and the judge would even say, well, if this was going on for 10 years, maybe you're not fit to be a mother. I told her this before she went to the judge and trying to give her help and insights. And it was legit, you know, it wasn't fake and fabricated. Um, and I'm never, no one should ever fabricate domestic violence situation. Okay. But this was legit. And I told her if there's no proof, no police reports, the judge is going to, there, she's and it was a female judge. She's gonna rip your ass, okay? She's gonna probably bash you and ridicule you and say, if this was going on for ten years and you had children in the home while this was going on, maybe you're not fit to be a mother because they know uh, this judge knew that the torment that kids go through if they witness it and experience their mother or father getting beat, getting emotionally degraded, getting emotionally abused, it's abuse on the kids to witness it. So you have to be careful. Not only is it for the survivors or victims, it also can be a huge ordeal and traumatizing for witnesses, especially kids. I'm not trying to warn you people. I'm out there trying to help you and trying to get you to understand the horrific torment that domestic violence occurs or creates, I'm sorry, in the world. And we need to get rid of it. Okay. One thing, a lot of people, even professional helpers like me, you know, they're telling you to hurry up, you know, get out, get out of that situation right away. I tell people, you have to have a safety plan. Let's be honest. And, uh, uh, you know, National Domestic Violence Hotline will tell you this as well, that you have to create a safety plan. And especially if you have kids, you know, people will tell you, go to domestic violence shelters, go to, you know, women's shelters. There's shelters for men out there. What happens if you all of a sudden get out, get the hell out, you have no money for gas, you run out of gas, you have no money for food, domestic violence shelters, they're booked. They're maybe too far away from you, right? Women's shelters, right? Homeless shelters are full. You have no family no friends around the area that can help you. Maybe you don't have any at all, right? Because part of domestic violence is also about isolation, right? They're trying to isolate you from other people. Now, what do you do? You have no money. Shelters are full. No friends, no family. What do you do? So you need a safety plan. And the National Domestic Violence Hotline can give you local, you know, agencies, local shelters, and people that can help you with resources in your area. And, you know, and they'll give you state. And I know Michigan has, oh my God, there must be at least 40 to 50 different agencies throughout the state of Michigan, um, probably more than that, that can help you in for domestic violence um, survivors and victims. Okay. So again, you know, the National Domestic uh, Violence Hotline is 800-799-7233. 800-799-7233. So give them a call. And I know a lot of people look at, I've never been domestic violence and all this stuff. But when you look at these stats, one in three women have endured some sort of sexual, physical, emotional violence, abuse. And one in four men, have endured this stuff. So when you look around, right, even coworkers in these situations, if you work in a plant, you work, you know, in a large medical community, right? 
and it cuts across every form. Everybody assumes it only happens to the less fortunate, the impoverished people. It cuts across every economic uh, class of people educated. It cuts across, you know, the rich, the poor, the middle income, it cuts across everybody. So don't let, you know, certain stigmas and stereotypes, you know, sort of lead you in the wrong way. So you have people around you, you might not even know they've been domestically abused or abused in one form or another. Okay. So you need to be able to look at these situations to be able to go after it and to offer help and insight. It's not as easy as you might think. Like I said, you might not have money, gas, friends, family, any resources, shelters are full. And now what do you do? So you need to create a safety plan and to try to reach out and get help. I'm all about that, okay? <clears throat> so um, it's huge, okay? Domestic violence cuts emotionally. It can create, as people know, post-traumatic stress. You have nightmares. You have triggers. Somebody might, you know, talk loud in a certain way. And you flinch, right? And, oh, my God. And all of a sudden, you start assuming or thinking or feeling that people might be yelling at you. And they might be just talking passionately. You get me? So it affects you in so many different ways and you start losing your sense of self, right? You start feeling like you deserve to be treated this way. No one gets deserves to be treated this way and be abused physically, emotionally, sexually, not at all, okay? So please reach out and to be able to go after these um, and get in a safe place. Call again, 800-799-7233, the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Like I said, I usually love joking around and being playful, but with domestic violence, you're never going to hear me joke around about domestic violence, about rape, about um, those situations. They're horrific, and they cut across, you know, they affect not only the survivor and the victims, they affect the kids that witness it, they affect the family members. Um that are picking up the pieces and trying to help these individuals. And a sad stat, okay, on average, it usually takes a person five times to get away from a domestic violence relationship or marriage, to get the hell out of it and to stay away, okay? On average, five times. A lot of people, well, if I did this, you know what? If I was in there, there's no way I would tolerate this. A lot of people don't understand the devastation and the fears and, you know, the emotional humiliation and the lack of confidence that this creates where a lot of people feel like, you know, oh, it's my fault. If I wasn't, if I was a good person, I wouldn't get treated this way. If I was worthy, I wouldn't get, you know, raped in my marriage. I wouldn't get sexually abused. I wouldn't get my ass beat. Um, I can tell you a story as well, where I had a client, sorry, my voice has gone allergies to where legitimately, um, the, the wife was trying to justify her husband for beating her saying, Greg, if I had, you know, I understand he works hard. He's mad. If I had dinner on the table, I was five minutes late. I understand why he was mad. And I looked at her, I looked at him and I said, you're trying to justify him beating you as I'm looking at him, you know what I would want to do to him, <clears throat> but um, trying to justify that she got beat 
because she was late with dinner for five minutes. And she sort of blamed herself that it was her fault that she got beat. This is the mentality that a lot of people go through. And I want to empower people to get out of these situations and be smart and make that safety plan. And these are true stories. I could go on and on about stories that have endured over the last 21 years, plus probably longer than 21 years um, with residency, internships and stuff that have endured that kids and women and men have been um, inflicted with with domestic violence situation. Hey, Treva. Hey, Tony. I appreciate you turning, tuning in. Um, yeah, there is never a, you know, Tony just mentioned, there's never a reason to put a, you know, put a wrong hand on a woman. And we, I can tell you, Tony, there are some women out there that are very, very, uh, they're mean. And if you have a woman coming at you with a knife, with a frying pan, a baseball bat, has a gun to you, um, I, I can tell you a vase, uh, freaking glass marble stuff that weighs about five pounds and could kill you and, you know, going after you. Um, I'm all about self-defense. So yeah, I'm not about putting a hand on a woman. Um, not at all, but I'm also about self-defense. So there's a lot of men that have been, you know, victims of this as well. So we need to be careful and be smart. And when we're cornered or cornered in a room and another aspect with the isolation, you know, the abuser will, you'll try to get out of the house or try to get away, walk around or try to, you know, reduce the tension in the room or the house. And they're grabbing your cell phone. They're grabbing your keys. They don't want you to leave. You know what? That's like holding you hostage, right? That's like kidnapping. And a lot of police will understand you can't take someone's keys or phone because that is holding them hostage. And that literally, they will almost say you're like kidnapping that individual. You cannot do that. And a lot of people will try to, right? Well, you're not going anywhere. You're not leaving. I'm paying. I pay for the bills. I pay for that phone. Give me that phone. They're taking the keys, the whatever. And a lot of people, well, I can't do anything, right? Remember, part of the safety plan, you need to document the events. You need to document the dates, the times, possible statements, right? Any injuries, physical injuries that you have. You know what? Don't be afraid to call the police. And a lot of people will shame you. And I gave you a story earlier about a former client of mine years ago um, going through a divorce and she had no proof. You have to be careful. And also you look at, would you want your kids in that situation when they get older? And a lot of people will say, oh, no, hell no, Greg. Well, then what the hell are you going to do about it? Again, it is not easy emotionally, physically, especially if you're trapped and you have no money, you know, no means, no family, no friends. So again, please, that's why the National Domestic Violence Hotline out there, there's uh, domestic violence help in every state out there in, in your area. So call the National Domestic Violence. I'm going to give the number one more time, 1-800-799-7233. They can get you local resources and make it easier for you. I say easier. It's not easy, okay? So check out my website, theartofrelationships.org. And like I said, you know, you catch the show 12 noon Eastern time on Wednesdays. I'm going to be moving it to a couple of weeks, uh, in a couple of weeks to a nighttime show and have it all hooked up 
to take live calls anonymous. And I know with domestic violence, you're not hearing me joke around, be a smart ass like I usually am. I love joking around because domestic violence, rape, sexual coercion, sexual abuse, all that, it's not a joking around matter, right? There's nothing to be sarcastic about, joke around. It's a serious issue. We need to get rid of it in this country, get rid of it in the world, okay? Peace and love to everybody out there. Hopefully everybody uh, takes care. Bye-bye.